We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. See, I don't know why He loves me I don't know why He cares See, I don't know why He sacrificed His life But oh, that I'm glad I'm glad He did Where would I be if Jesus didn't love me? Where would I be if Jesus didn't care? Oh, Lord. See, where would I be if Jesus didn't sacrifice his life? Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad he did. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five on your way down to your seat. I'm so glad you did, Lord. I'm so glad you did. Give it up for our musicians. So glad. <laughs> Woo. Bless you, church. Um, okay, you're no good to me. How you doing? Man, can I just say greetings from Chacha. <laughs> greetings from the fams in Christchurch. Um, our church is thriving because of the missionaries you've sent up. Hey! Um, and so we're just so blessed. Um, and it's been the right season. Uh, for us, and um, just want to honor the house uh, tonight. Uh, thank you for the investment of um, for those of you who've discipled these guys and brought them up, uh, because um, for all of them, they've come and they've served uh, in amazing ways uh, that only God knows. Uh, you know the extent of the the impact that has that has resulted from them coming up. So we're so grateful. Can I just honor your pastors, um, Pastor Will and Desiree? Um, you know, um, we've been friends from a distance. Uh, from a distance. <laughs> uh, but now, you know, I'm so glad to say we're, we're friends, close. Um, it's amazing what, um, what circumstances does to bring you close to people. I often say like, hey, um, you know, there's, there's, there's friends that you have on, in good times. Uh, but the friendship that you form in troubled times or in, in times of struggle, uh, you understand what it takes to keep friendship build, uh, to healthy and, and going strong. Because, you know, friends that are around for good times, uh, they're there for the good times. And sometimes they're not necessarily equipped to be your friends in your hard time. And so the friends that you form in your hard time uh, are really important because they're your real mates. Because they see all the ugly bits. They see all the, um, 
the tears and the struggle. And, um, and so tonight I want to honor your pastors who have been just really amazing towards us and the support and thank you. You build a great church and great people and we just, I'm honored. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Um, man, like afterwards, so we had a great Father's Day service this morning and it was great. And, and then and people were like, I'll see you tonight. I was like, well, you won't see me tonight. Why? Where are you going to be? I'm flying to Dunedin. They're like, what? Is that happening? I was like, yeah, that is happening. So I'm here. And I'm, I'm here, like I'm literally here. So thank you for having me. It's a, oh man, this is unreal. Can I just introduce myself to you? Some of you may already know, know this information, but let me just take a few minutes just to get you in the room. All right, so, so uh, my name is Kalinio Chiko Malakai Tonganivalu, uh, a.k.a. Tiko, T-Dog, Sky Dog. Actually, my first name is literally translated Sky Dog. Now, or, or Guardian of the Skies. So that's amazing. It's like you feel like I've got Red Indian kind of heritage, you know, American Indian. Um, but um, my, my background is, uh, is I was born into a Christian home. My parents, uh, my dad got saved the year I was born. Um, and so I was still in my mother's womb when he got saved. So I, I man, I, it's such a privilege to be doing what I'm doing now, to be called of God and purposed of Him to do what I do. Um, and uh, da, 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 da. I was born and I was made in Fiji. Um, and so... The man you see standing in front of you today uh, is a sum total of the grace of God. Um, I was an angry teenager growing up. I was messed up. There was a lot of stuff happening in my life. My parents were just busy doing ministry. So I ended up hating them uh, and their church because of what I was going through. Uh, but by the grace of God, I had my encounter. I gave my heart to Jesus at the age of eight um, publicly and, uh, you know, all, all of that stuff. But at the age of 18, God arrested me. And, um, and life has not been the same ever again. Because what I've found is that uh, he, he prepares the way for me. Uh, he prepares the way for you. And all I needed to do was say yes to Jesus. And, and that was the most important thing. And as a result of that, a couple of years of that, I met uh, Shelly, who's my wife. Um, she was, she's a, she, not she was a Kiwi, she is a Kiwi girl uh, uh, of the Pakeha descent. Uh, and um, she's beautiful. And so uh, we met and I had to ask her three times to, to go out. And three times she's like, Nabo. <laughs> and you know, like, I mean, I sort of consider myself quite confident, especially when it comes to the opposite, you know, gender. I could, you know, I could sort of talk it up. But... <laughs> With her, was like, nah. And so I had to really think about strategy of how to get her. Because I really believe I was sitting in a worship service. I was on, the, on band, on, on stage. And I looked down, and there she was. And God said to me in that moment, that's your wife. And I was like, can you tell her that? Because <laughs> three times, man. And so, um, thank you, Jesus. Uh, just how it all came about, it's by the grace of God. 
we married in 95, September. In January of 96, uh, we were sitting in Tauranga, uh, New Zealand. Um, again, that's by the work of God. Uh, so we served um, in youth ministry there for 12 years. Um, and uh, that was a phenomenal time. We saw God do amazing work. Uh, and then uh, we went to Bible college, felt like, if we're going to advance and do what God wants us to do, we've got to go to Bible college. And so we did that. Uh, and then we ended up in Christchurch. Now, never, believed, never before have I thought of, of just naturally going to Christchurch. One, uh, being a PI boy, it's kind of like Christchurch is pretty cold. It's freezing. Um, and it's far away from anything else I've known. Uh, North Island was it. Uh, Come down here maybe a couple of times, Christchurch, meetings and stuff, but never intended to live there. But now we live there and we love it. Uh, Christchurch is the place for us to be uh, in this season. And so uh, we're so grateful to God for that. We have two strapping on lads. Uh, and uh, Simeon, uh, who most some of you would know, Simeon is currently uh, doing an internship up in Auckland. Uh, he was at Creative Lab last year. This year he's doing the diploma and uh, just loving it. Uh, he will be 21 this October. Yeah. Uh, we have Ruben, uh, who's at home with us, but is looking at uh, going to study in Auckland um, next year. And so uh, we're going to have an empty house. Um, which is which is amazing. Like, I mean, you know, for a 21-year-old dad, um, that's, that's, that's pretty too soon, right? It's too soon, too soon, too soon. Um, and so, man, you know, by the grace of God, our family is, is functioning well and we're thriving. Uh, no matter what comes our way, uh, we just, we want to say yes to Jesus all the time. Um, so you, you guys would be, you know, some of you would be familiar with, with our, our season in Christchurch and, and stuff that's happened, uh, traumatic it has, it has been for our house, but we, we're, we're just so grateful for the faithfulness of God and how He's, he's walked with us every step of the way. And do you know what? Isn't it funny? Like, for, I find it interesting, funny, haha, uh, in that God had, had orchestrated my path in order to deal with the season that we're in. So it doesn't come as a surprise even though I might have my own human plan, but God had it all down packed. And well, that's a little bit about me. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, we're going to be seeing each other more, guys, okay? Okay. Um, and I hear lots of great reports from Dunedin and always in the distance praying for you guys and just seeing God move in amazing ways. Your youth ministry, guys, phenomenal. I love seeing what you guys are doing. So just be encouraged what you guys are heading. The, the, the stuff that you're doing uh, is actually impacting everywhere else. Can I tell you about a recent, recent trip I had uh, in Fiji just, just recently? Um, I went for a week to see my parents, actually to shift them. Uh, that was my plan. And for some of you who, who know about Pacific Island culture, nothing's ever set in concrete. Uh, so I go, because I only have a week to go and help my parents shift. Three days in, we were ready to shift. And the day, on the day, the landlord of that new house that my parents are going to move into call us to say, um, hey, uh, so here's the deal. My daughter's coming back and she needs the house. So you have to find somewhere else. Like in a few days, I'm leaving to come back home. And that was my mission to put my parents into a new flat, new house. I've got brothers, but... Yeah, they're useless. Um, 
And, and so literally I had to go and sort this out. I was there, I planned to be there on a Sunday. And so I was going back to the church that I was brought up in. Uh, so that I, was, I, was, I got saved in and everything happened in, the, in that space. And, and so I kind of like, I was there and it was almost like I was transported back to when I was a kid. And here's the funny thing, is, is that they were still singing the same songs. The service flow was the same. And there was literally the same people, but generations of people. And so I was like, hmm. I literally have just stepped back into time and I'm here. And I want to say this to encourage you. I think church is a space where we need people to come. Uh, we have a city out there that's just hanging out to hear the good news of the gospel. Here's what I found, is that there were people there who were stuck. And so you could see it in one light saying, oh, good on you, you're still here. And then you're going to go, poor you, you're still here. Because there's that danger of being stuck. I think, I don't think, I believe God leads us into new things. And His mercies are new every morning. And so I, I believe the house of God needs to be a place that's vibrant. And there's something we have a, you know, like... Don't hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying so that we always have a new song. And I'm not saying something that's contemporary that's in the moment, but a song about what God is doing. A song in our testimony, a song in, in, in everything that we do. Right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. So, um, so I want to say, don't get caught up. Be on the move. Don't miss what God is doing. Don't wish you were still back in Egypt. Mm. Okay, cool. Do you have your Bibles? Cool, because that's where we bring our Bibles, right, church? Um, turn to Luke chapter 7. Um, I love this story, and this is a great story. And I just want to, I want us to just pull it apart. And I, I, I pray that, that God will hide my voice and let His voice be heard. I pray that you would receive tools uh, today that, is, that will equip you for life through faith in Jesus Christ. That as you go into your Monday, that, that you will know that you've been equipped with the right tools to face the world. Yeah? Great. Okay, so if you found it, say yes. If you haven't, say wait. Okay. I, yeah. Cool. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Chapter 7. we will be reading from, I think it'll be up on the screen for you as well. So we'll be reading from chapter, I'm um, sorry, verse 36. I want to do something new. I don't know whether you do this or not, but can we stand for the reading of the word? So verse 36, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's home and reclined at the table. 
A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his, uh, wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped it with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee uh, who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, or he thought to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Verse 40, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. That's freaky. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 5,000 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them could pay the money back to him, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon's like, <laughs> I know the answer to this. Simon replied, I suppose the one who... Uh, had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman. Then he turned to the woman. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, oh, that's good communication. Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, she, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, everybody say, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say something about them, say it among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You may be seated in his presence. What an interesting conversation, right? So, so there was, the dinner happened and there had to be an invitation. So I reckon Simon the Pharisee kind of invited Jesus with, I hope his intentions were good. Because it would be about like, like this. So, so Pink has just been in town, right? So you imagine you inviting Pink to come to your house. And the, probably the only reason why we want Pink to come to our house is because we want lots of hits on our social media. We want like a million followers. So I wonder if Simon invited Jesus with that very same intention. So back in the day, just give you some context. So back in the day, when you invite someone to your home, particularly if it's a famous person, they leave all the doors open. And so people walking on the streets can just come in and listen in on what's going on inside the house. That's how this woman got into the house. She was there, so she would have been following Jesus, but because of who she was in her job, what she did, what she was known for, did not permit her to be in that, in that, in that room. But because it was customary 
to do that, to just walk in. Like imagine if you literally have guests in your house and then your neighbors from two doors down comes in and is just standing there watching you guys have this conversation. How many of you would feel awkward? Hard, be like, uh, what are you doing here? Or, you know, they kind of help themselves with food and stuff. <laughs> well, this woman came into the house because it was customary to be able to do that. Also back in the day, when, when in, in Bible days, when, when you entered a house, a servant would come and would wash your feet, right? So it's customary. So, but did that happen? Did you hear that in the word tonight? The woman did it, but no one washed Jesus' feet. So Simon is quite prominent, wealthy. Do you think Simon would have had water at his house? Yes, he would have. He would have had water in his house. But did, it, did he use it? No, he didn't. Also customary back in the day is that after your feet is washed, like you'd be greeted with a kiss. But Jesus wasn't greeted with a kiss. He was the guest in Simon's house. Did Simon have the ability to be able to greet Jesus and make him feel welcome? Yes, he did. But he didn't do it. Also customary in the day was that you would anoint and bless your guests. Would Simon have had oil in his house? Yes, he would have. But did he use it? No, he didn't. Why? Why did Simon not use any of those elements? It's funny, because the woman, Simon had thought in his mind, so everybody in the room knew who she was and what she did. So much to suggest that she was a woman of the night. She was talked about as a, she was a prostitute, right? And so how did they all know who she was? How did they know who she was? Mm. I'll let you sit on that for a minute. So Simon, as the host of the house, did not greet Jesus with a kiss. Simon, as the host of the house, did not wash Jesus' feet. Simon, as the host of the house, did not anoint Jesus with oil. But here's this woman who comes in and she brought her own. I love at the end where Jesus tells this parable to Simon. Like, okay, Simon, I'm gonna really dumb it down for you. Like, and Simon thought he was really clever to answer the question of who, who, you know, who would have had greater love for the debts being paid. Of course, the one who had more debt, right? And so Simon's like, <laughs> I know the answer for this one. Bam. And then Jesus drops a bomb on him. So clearly, Simon, 
The person who's been forgiven little loves little. And so that made me think. Now imagine Simon's house being the house of God. Simon's house being Equipus Christ Church, right? I'll talk about my house. So imagine that. And so here's the challenge. When the presence of Jesus comes into the room, what have we done to host this presence? Because we have water, we have oil, and we have a greeting to give. But here's Jesus reclined and nothing's going on. That's awkward. That's really awkward. Like no one's giving direction. Like where's the staff at? Where are the, like where are the hired servants? Because certainly Simon would have hired servants, right? But where are they? On annual leave or, you know? Where are they? Where were they? But Simon himself did not do anything. Let's go to the woman. Here she is. She comes in and she doesn't announce, but her presence is felt in the room. Here's the thing. She brought her own elements. Running water. And she dried him with her hair, washed his feet with her tears, his feet with her tears. She anointed his feet with perfume. And I mean, you know, the, the ladies in the room, you know, like you spend big dollars on getting good perfume, right? Like this here was like worth a year's wages. Like Chanel got nothing on this thing, right? She poured it out on him. And normally, customary, either kiss the forehead or the cheek. But she didn't feel like she was good enough to kiss him on the forehead. She kissed him on his feet. So often in the life of church, we kind of think, oh, I've got to be in church in order to fulfill my hosting of, the God, of God's presence. So often we think, I've got to be in the four walls in order to minister in my gifts and, and fulfill my purpose in God. Well, I want to say to you today, like this woman, you have everything in your hands. You don't need to be in Simon's house to use up his elements because you've got your own. You have your own. So what does this look like on Monday when you go to work? This is what it looks like. Because you've been forgiven much, you get to love much. And what does that mean? That means by the grace of God, you understand what it took Him to die for our sins. And so when, oh man. So the thing with Simon is that Simon thought to himself, sinner. Out in the marketplace, 
you'd hear you know, people in the world would just kind of say, oh, typical Christian. So judgmental. Do you know what? We don't often have to say anything for them to know that we're judgmental. We think it. And isn't it amazing how Jesus ministers, like he turns to her, but talks to Simon. Like, Simon, I hear you loud and clear. What you're thinking is affecting how you act. What you're thinking is affecting how you act. And so Simon, do you not see what she's done here? The people that we interact with midweek, be there on the weekends as well, are people who just want to be loved. Are people who just want to understand that there's someone who loves them. And, and sometimes the thinking in the church is like, oh, um, um, oh, okay, can you wait till Sunday? Because uh, we get to go to church and there you can hear about Jesus. Right? But you have these elements in your hand all the time. Church is great. But if we're waiting for the city to come to us and hear the gospel, then we are not doing our job. We need to take these elements out into the world, into universities, into schools, into your very homes and say, I've got my own. Do you know, when I was doing youth pastoring, one of the things that used to really get up my nose were people who were just like, they're Christian people. But, when a child of theirs was sick, and I get the whole covering thing, right? But when a child was sick in their home, they, they, they'd come and bother the pastor. And they would say, Pastor, can you come and pray for me? Um, and I'm often going, hey, what's wrong with your faith, man? You pray for them. That's your jurisdiction. That's your area of authority. That's your house. So fathers out there, happy Father's Day. But when there's issues in your house, you need to host the presence of God because you have the elements in your hands. Don't let anybody trap you or make you think that you need to bother someone else to come and do what you need to be doing. That is your jurisdiction. Like you carry the heart of this house. You carry the anointing of this house. You carry the flow of what's coming out of Will and Desiree. You carry that. And in your own places, your workplace, you are called there. In your homes, you are called there. In your classroom, you are called there. In your sports field, you are called there. And so each morning, you need to get up and get out and you say, today, Holy Spirit, I brought my own. In your power and your strength, I brought my own. Because you see, a person who understands that they've been loved, forgiven much, they will love much. So, so what does it look like on Sunday? What does it look like for the house on Sunday? What does it look like for young and old on a Sunday when we gather? Because church is awesome, right? But it's not like life happens out there. We love this because we get together. We get to rub shoulders with each other. We get to bring a united sound of praise. We worship God. We get fed through the Word. 
but then we have to leave. Otherwise, Pastor Will will be like, um, can you get out? You, can't, you, you cannot just live here. This is not a camp. This is a place to come and refuel and send us out. The world is dependent on the elements that you carry in your hand. I mean, how many people have said no to you for being nice to them? How many people would say no to you for being nice to them? Hardly. They've got to be really messed up to say, stop being nice to me. Right? There's got to be deeper issues and there's help for them. But general Joe blogs, just normal, your friends, are they normal? I've got some crazy friends. But here's the thing. People long to be loved. And so if we are to tell our stories of what Jesus has done in our lives, not in a Bible bashing kind of way, and just letting them choose, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. This is where I am now. Yeah, it's simple. I like to keep it simple because it just becomes complicated. You're good. You see, when you understand you've been forgiven, it awakens something inside of you. You are never the same again. The challenge is, is, is if, I think it's a blessing, but can be a challenge as well, is if we have been brought up in church, which I was all my life, right? I kind of got stuck in the sense that I did not change. I stayed the same. Sunday in, Sunday out. During the week, living the vida loca. Like literally, I was, I was messed up. I had no, no one really kind of going, discipling. <laughs> Having someone speak into my life. But God held me in that time. Because I would have lost the plot. See, this woman, she proved that she'd been forgiven much with the offering she brought. So on Sundays, our expression needs to be, because I've been forgiven much, not because I've been here all my life. It's because, because the only reason why we stick around is because we've been forgiven much, right? We've been forgiven much. And so the heart of God for us is that we are continually Growing, there are so many malnourished Christians out there because we're dependent on some device to remind us to connect with Jesus. I mean, come on! But it needs to come from a place of repentance. And so tonight, look, I just want to say, like, I, I pray this is encouraging, encourages you, but but I pray that it challenges your status quo. Because if that woman just stayed in the crowd and didn't pour out her love, then she didn't have an expression. So she would have seen Jesus do all of these miracles and just wishing to encounter Him. But she made the decision to walk into the room that she wasn't even welcomed in. But she made the choice. So what would what it look like if Someone just walked in through those doors who probably is known in Dunedin for their lifestyle. What would you do? 
what would you do? Dare I say, what would you think? Because unless we challenge our thinking, people will not come in. Jesus in the New Testament talks to his disciples and saying, hey, I'm going to leave you guys, but clearly you guys are messed up because you're all trying to get the top job. Like, you know, I mean, Jesus washing the disciples' feet, that whole situation is messed up because they're all sitting around just, who's going to wash my feet? Who's going to wash my feet? Uh, And so Jesus gets up and does the job of a servant And even then, this gets me going. Even then, they still sit back. Because for one of them to get up and wash another person's feet, foot, it would have meant they would have been the lowest. But they were just so guarded about their position and didn't submit. That's a challenge for us as Christians. Like we belong to an amazing house. You belong to an amazing house. But if you're after position, dare I say you're lacking submission because position will not get you anywhere. Submission opens the door. I've I've had experience in working in the airline industry. And how many of you know you can, like, there's some bougie people there, like, quite, <laughs> you know, people think they're all that. And, and sometimes it's, it's easy to just serve them as if you're serving Jesus himself. Oh, but I paid for this ticket. I deserve the service. I was like, yeah, yeah, all good. But what you're getting now is the gift. When we serve one another, we're more like Jesus when we serve. So I'm encourage you, practice the art of serving because you're serving Jesus himself. Don't get caught up like the disciples in thinking, oh man, who's gonna be the first one to sweep the floors? Who's gonna be the first one to change the toilet paper? Who's gonna be the first to mop the floor? Who's gonna be the first to start picking up rubbish? Because if we're all vying for position, then we've lost the test of submission. Hmm. I brought my own. I brought my own. You see, I can be on an airplane and host the presence of Jesus in conversation with someone sitting next to me. I can even do it in a restaurant Not by talking to someone of prominence, but how about the waiting staff? How about the people who are serving us? How can we bring these elements and host the presence of Jesus? How can we bring love, anointing and blessing wherever we go? Takes humility. Takes repentance. I don't know when was the last time you repented. Repentance is, is just not just because you've done something wrong, something sinful. Repentance is just saying, not me. I can't do this in my own strength. That's repentance. 
Repentance is saying, God, you get the glory, not me. You see, we are all gifted. In this room, we are all gifted. You have a specific space to occupy. Use it. We all have some alabaster to bring. And it's, your story is worth a year's wages. When you bring it, here's the thing. One, it's expensive. And two, the aroma that comes with expensive perfume. Isn't that funny? You go into like these cheap perfume shops and you smell something, you're like, <laughs> blows your mind. But then you go to the real fine stuff. And you smell it and you go, mm. you can't get enough of it. That's your story. That's what God's done in your life. You get to bring that because, I mean, you know, it costs you your life. Yeah. And so when you pour it out, it's a beautiful aroma. Our praise has got to reflect what He has done for us, our praise. So praise is not just some fast song, start of a service, just to warm people up. Praise is an offering that we bring. Like Jesus said, keep your money, just whatever that is, bring your praise. Because praise breaks the yoke of slavery. Praise breaks the enemy's work on your life. I want you to stand for a minute. We're going to do a praise break with no music. Whoa. All right. Um, so uh, this is how we're going to do it. Um, I'm just going to leave it to you. Because we know that we've been forgiven much, we're going to love much. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> because there is no one like you, Jesus. Because of your love and your sacrifice, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because of your wonderful works. I praise you because you're everlasting, you're faithful, that you've seen me through my low times. I praise you, Jesus, because of who you are. Stop. Okay. Opportunity to be honest. Who struggled? Keep going. Let me encourage you. Keep going. It's like... It's like, just imagine Jesus is standing right in front of you. And he's like, hi, my daughter, or hi, my son. And you're just breaking out in praise. For some of us, I observed, we had to close our eyes. When we get into praise, you're in warfare. You cannot fight a battle with your eyes closed. You cannot find, fight a battle with your eyes closed. You need to see the activity that's happening. Because the minute you break out in praise, the enemy starts to go, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> like, you know, like, so that, that breaks something. When you praise, people have said your praise is your weapon. So praise <clears throat> praise with your eyes fixed on the prize. Praise knowing that he who called you is faithful. 
Praise is like sending the Word of God out into the enemy's camp and pulling it down and tearing it up. That's your praise. You have to see your praise as something that the city is dependent on. Because your worship is to commune with Father God. That's, that's awesome. But that's a private moment. Praise is engaging with what's in front of you. The things that will try and stand up against you. The things that will try and hold you back. Your praise cannot be dependent on the weather. Your praise cannot be dependent on how you're feeling. Your praise cannot depend on how many people are in the room. Your praise is dependent on because you've been forgiven much. Finally, praise is a sacrifice. I mean, it is a sacrifice to bring praise. You have to deny yourself. I don't care if you can dance or not. There's something to be said by someone who praises and is free. I don't care if you can sing or not. Sing louder. Because your, your body has to express what God is doing in your life. And like this woman, she didn't care of all the dignitaries who was reclined in Simon's house. She walked up into that house and she said, I brought my own. I have brought my own praise. I brought my own repentance. I brought my own honour. I brought my own gift. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. I will magnify the Lord with everything I have. Why don't you lift up your hands right now? Father, in this space, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for how Holy Spirit, You've captured everything about You and that You've given it to us in the person of Jesus. What a model. Lord, tonight, by Your Spirit, I pray, touch every heart, hands lifted up to You tonight. Thank You for the embrace. Oh, thank You for the embrace. Thank You for the forgiveness. God, tonight, I want You just to pray with me. Oh, I just repent. I repent of thinking that I could do it my own way. I repent and think that I could have done it how I learned in Bible college. I, I, I repent of the fact that I think I'm actually clever than I actually am. I repent, Lord, that I'm weak. I, re I repent because I don't know it all. But tonight... I want to declare and let every listening ear hear that I brought my own. I have brought my own praise. I brought my own sacrifice. I brought my own gift. And I will use this for your glory. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.